just press play already. Record, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Liam again. Hi. What is wrong with you? And as you all know, if you follow <clears throat> the podcast Instagram, today we're sharing our birth story, which was pretty chaotic. Well, not minor joys. <laughs> well, yeah, we're sharing, we're sharing, we're sharing Elia's birth story. Um, and obviously I have Liam here to do that. And we've decided, I think I said this in the last podcast, did I? Uh, yeah. Yeah? I don't know what you're going to say. Then why are you lying? <laughs> uh, we decided that Liam is going to be the other half of the podcast. I think we said that. Yeah, yeah. So he's here again. Uh, he's very hard to get rid of. I'm not planning on getting rid of him anytime soon, anyway. So. Unfortunately. Wow. But yeah, I think let's just dive right into it, shall we? Mhm. So I think every pregnant person kind of thinks about birth a lot, especially well, when every you're pregnant closer. person goes through birth. Well, obviously. Well, not necessarily. What do you mean? If you die, you don't go through birth. Okay, yeah, but Jesus Christ, Liam. <laughs> um, well, that one really darkens on Yeah, let's, let's go back to the positive podcast. So every pregnant person um, thinks about their birth and how it's going to go down and they kind of have a vision for it and you make your birth plan. Why does your birth go down? I'm not even... I'm not even. <laughs> no. Okay, so maybe I'll do this podcast alone. Um... It's something that you you kind of picture and you, you try to control almost. It's like making a birth plan. You feel like that's going to give you some type of control over your birth. <laughs> it won't. It won't <laughs> at all. Um, but anyway, I had a very clear birth plan. I was going to have an unmedicated birth. Um, and well, I was going to listen to music. And I was going to cope by myself so well. And then my beautiful baby girl would be born. And that would be that. End of story. And that is so far from what happened. That I just, I laugh at myself. I think, why did I even waste time (laughs) making a birth plan? I was honestly, I had it all down. I was like, I'm going to go into labour at home. And then I'll stay at home for a few hours. And then... When my contractions are close together, I'll go to the hospital and I'll have no medication. And anyway, it was nothing like my birth actually ended up being. Well, Elliot's birth, not my birth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, birth. but I was the one who gave birth, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, so first thing that threw us for a wobbly was the fact that... You went overdue. I didn't go into labour myself. <laughs> I went overdue Um. I had two due dates actually. I had my due date by my period, which was the 21st of May, and my due date by my scan in Canada, which was the 27th of May. Now, because the due date from Canada was a measurement of the fetus, they went with that one. Um, so we stuck for my pregnancy with the 27th of May initially. And that was all well and good. And then when I was coming to the end of my pregnancy, 
the midwife sent me back to the hospital and she said you know just go to the hospital they'll check you and you know see whether you need to be induced sooner or later and what due date they want to go by because obviously it's dangerous to go overdue for a two long weeks, period of time it? yeah or depending yeah for two weeks it's yeah. it's quite dangerous your placenta can stop working a lot of things can go wrong and it's it's dangerous it's a big risk so i got sent back to the hospital my 39th week of pregnancy i went in for my checkup and to my big disappointment i was told that they were going to use the 27th as the date and that i wouldn't be induced until i was 10 days overdue now when initially i had the 21st in mind and then it got pushed to the 27th and then the midwife said that there was no way that they would let me go that overdue i had it in my mind that i would definitely be induced sooner and i was so disappointed yeah you thought you were having a may baby yeah i was so disappointed but anyway obviously i had no control over the situation so i it was a hard pill to swallow but i just got on with it i got a sweep that day when i was 39 weeks I think it was 39 weeks in a few days and nothing came of it at all so went back the next week for my regular checkups got another sweep and still nothing i wasn't dilating nothing was budging i was i think i was one centimeter from first sweep second sweep i was still one centimeter and nothing was happening i was trying everything at home guys i was eating curry i was walking up and down stairs i like bounced on the ball I don't know for how long. Yeah, I was constantly walking. Mm. But I love walking. I was always constantly walking. But I mean, I was walking like maybe... 500 miles. Godly. I don't know. I was walking like probably 10k a day. Easily. I was just doing whatever I could think of to get rid of this baby. And my mom's friend who's a midwife texted me like a few tips on how to get baby out. And none of them worked. I expressed I don't know how much colostrum I tried everything nothing worked so I went in for my last checkup I was 41 weeks and one day and I went in and I had reduced movements and I said it to them on my checkup I said oh I haven't really felt her move today and then as I said that I felt her move and I said it to them I said oh well actually she's just after moving and the midwife kind of laughed at me she was like oh that's so typical and what were you doing? Sorry, I was just talking to Alan. Oh my god, Liam. Anyway, back to the podcast, which, I mean, why would you want to listen? Because apparently I'm so boring, huh, mister? Sure, I know this story. You know this story. The whole point is supposed to tell the story with me. I didn't go through birth. And that's the tea. <sighs> yeah, so... <laughs> More like black hair in my body. Um... They put a monitor on me just to be safe, you know, to make sure that she was, in fact, all right, right in there. Yeah. Um, and I started getting contractions whilst I was lying down. Yeah. And they were showing on the monitor and I could feel them, but I didn't, I didn't think they were contractions. I thought it was just like Braxton Hicks or... Trapped wind. Or, yeah, who knows? <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. No one knew So I was like, oh, that's Grant. It's just... Braxton Hicks and then I was looking at the monitor and I could see the thing going up and down and then they were like oh you're having a contraction and I was like oh really <laughs> but they were like yeah it's just a very mild one and I was like yeah definitely 
And eventually what they decided to do was see if I could get induced early. So they said to us, oh, we'll see if there's any room for the induction tomorrow. And Liam hadn't even gone on his paternity leave yet. This was like he took the day off, the morning off to come to the hospital with me. Yeah. Because it was my last appointment. So we were like, oh, we'll just get the day off. We'll go in together. Um, Have a bit of grub and then I'll be back just after lunch for work. Yeah, that's not what happened. Uh, Our induction got pushed forward. I got another sweep. And the doctor was like, look, hopefully you'll go yourself tonight or tomorrow morning and you won't have to get induced. And if not, you're booked in for tomorrow at half eight. So we were like, shit. Like, we thought we had an extra day. Even though it's just a day. The extra day was going to make a difference. I know, but for us, like, we... But you didn't know that. Yeah, like, it was weird. But anyway. Could have done with one more night's extra sleep. Yeah. (laughs) But we went off then. We had lunch. We got on with things. We packed our bags for the hospital. Went to Papa Rich. Off we went at half eight in the morning the next day to get induced. So... Of course, I like to read a lot about everything. So I read all about the induction and I had read that, <clears throat> excuse me, it's very likely to end in an assisted birth or in a C-section. Yeah. So that kind of threw me a bit for a wobbly in my birth plan for a wobbly because when you're induced, there's more chances of complications happening. So I was kind of more nervous going into it then the next morning. But anyhow, you have to get on with it. You don't really have a choice baby has to come out so we got to the hospital we wait for our bed and i got induced via pessary yeah and <coughs> that was it they literally just said okay we'll put this in and you probably won't feel anything until tomorrow because it's your first baby and you're not very dilated and all of these reasons so i asked the doctor if i could leave the hospital and go for a walk or like what could i do and he said yeah i could roam freely but to come back if I felt anything. He said that walking would actually help. Yeah. <coughs> so we went off on a walk. Um, and Literally I... Literally down the corridor. No, we left the hospital. Did we? Remember we went to Tesco? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. went for a walk. And I started getting this burning feeling. Mm. And I was like, this is so weird. I was like, there's definitely something wrong here. Like, this cannot be right, like. But Liam was like, oh no, I'm sure you're fine. And I was like, yeah, I probably am. I've never obviously gone through this before. So, And I'd read online that it can happen. What? So, Is it like someone put DP? On your vagina. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it was awful. So I decided I'd rather just go back to the hospital because <laughs> I was really uncomfortable. <laughs> and we went back to the hospital and it was like 12 or half 12 at this, at this time. And... Um, I said to Liam, oh, why don't you go and grab some lunch with your mom? Because, you know, we're probably going to be here for a while. And, you know, there's no point in the two of us being here starving. And So off Liam went for lunch with his mom. <clears throat> I went to Kai. It was amazing. It's a restaurant in Galway for anyone who doesn't Unbelievable. know. Unbelievable. Absolutely loved it there. 10 out of 10 would go back again. And they were sending me pictures of the food, of course. But, of course, typical when, when Liam left... <laughs> I started to get contractions, right? So I started timing my contractions and they're like, at the start, they were every five minutes. And I was like, this is weird. You know, like, how did I go from having no contractions at all 
to now all of a sudden having like long contractions every five minutes because they were lasting like 40 seconds yeah. from the start then after about five contractions i started getting contractions every two minutes and i was like what the hell is going on here like i was like this can't be right like so i called the doctor yeah and he comes and he was like oh why don't you uh just you know lie down there for a while i'll put the monitor on you for half an hour and if you are getting contractions every two minutes i'll take out the pessary so i was like well obviously if i'm telling you that i'm getting them every two minutes i'm not obviously lying about it so but anyway so i sit there still which is the most awful thing to have to do when you're getting contractions and i text liam and i'm like this is what's going on here's the tea and eventually he comes back from lunch after sending me a picture of lemon meringue pie which is my favorite so fuck you liam and <laughs> at this stage my contractions were still every two minutes the doctor came back after half an hour and he says oh we better take that out because you know your uterus is over contracting and that can stress the baby out so he took it out and he said that the contractions would stop within half an hour yeah and that we'd either try again in the morning or in the evening i think it was three o'clock at this stage yeah he said he'd try again in two or three hours after dinner or in the morning if yeah i can't remember he said it was whatever yob. yeah he was anyway he uh stop playing with the food I'm sorry he left after taking out the pessary and my contractions were not stopping they were just awful they were getting longer and longer they were still every two minutes and I just didn't understand what was going on because when I got checked I was two centimetres so I had gotten one centimetre wider but they the doctor had done that with his fingers so my body was not really doing anything so i wait half an hour and the contractions aren't going and the midwife comes in to check on me and she's like how are you feeling i tell her well you know my contractions aren't going like Mm. so she's like oh maybe your body's going into labor naturally now another half an hour goes by and they're still every two minutes lasting 50 seconds to a minute each and it's probably four o'clock at this stage and i'm like struggling so i put on the tens machine and i put on my night dress and i tried to distract myself my mom came over she was very helpful yeah my brother was over talking to me and trying to distract me like um we were walking around we we just weren't being listened to by the midwives no not at all and And it was probably in like because of our age like, I would agree. Because we were young. It was our first kid. Like We didn't really know what to expect. So, no. obviously, but my mom, who obviously, well, she has had three kids herself, was starting to get really concerned about me because as time was going on, the contractions weren't getting any further apart. They weren't no. stopping. And no I wasn't progressing. So, when I was getting checked, which they checked me way too frequently. I don't even know how many hands went up there. <laughs> like and every time I was two centimeters and I was so good because time just kept going on and on yeah so Liam eventually you know went home for a shower and to get some dinner because we knew we were in for a long night and my mom stayed with me and I'm not joking you I was starting to like really 
get bogged down in myself I felt I was just like you know it kind of makes you feel shit when you feel like your body's not getting the memo like it was like at half six or so I got checked again and I was still two centimeters and I had been getting contractions every two minutes for six hours at that stage my body was just not progressing Nah, mate. Yeah. And my nah, mom my mom was getting very annoyed at this stage and she said to the midwife, Look, is there anything you can give her for the pain? You know, like this is obviously not normal. You know, what's going on? And the midwife was like, No, no, this is birth, this is labour, this is how it has to go, everyone goes through it. And my mom was like, Well, actually, you know, I've had three kids and I've never gone through this. Yeah. So I've is there nothing like that you can do for my daughter? And the midwife was actually getting very annoyed at my mom and very rude with her yeah Yeah. and my mom's not someone who takes shit from anyone so she was getting seriously angry at the midwife uh eventually though the shifts changed i got a new midwife which was even more useless um yeah somehow i was just unlucky in the if if you ever get pregnant never give birth in uchg no i wouldn't say that when i was actually in the labor ward they were brilliant yeah it was before i was in the labor ward that i was unlucky with the midwives that i got so anyway time was going on these contractions weren't lessening my mom was giving me back rubs the tens machine was doing nothing at this stage after hours like i really did last with the tens machine as much as i could yeah, yeah i dragged it out as much as i could liam came back and my mom left then and at about half nine i got in the bath yeah i said fuck it i'll get in the bath anything to distract me anything to try you know lessen these contractions um and at this stage after nine hours i had started puking so on top of having contractions every two minutes actually they were less than two minutes apart at this stage they were one and a half minutes apart uh i was puking now so i had gotten a protein bar into me which i completely threw up i had a twister because i really was craving ice threw that up as well uh, and i was just drinking tons of water I did not stop drinking water throughout my whole labour. Like, I don't even know. I must have drank three litres of water. Or more. I had my little clear water bottle with me. With the straw. Yeah, that you left there. Yeah, that I left there. Very sadly. (laughs) I loved that thing. But, um... Got in the bath. The bath did nothing. Got out of the bath. Walking around again. This went on for another couple hours. And then, you know, I was begging them for pain relief. I was like, please, is there anything that you can give me? Because, you know, I was convulsing. I was vomiting. I couldn't function. Like, I was... Yeah, yeah, the shakes. It was awful. Like, because... I I, felt completely helpless. Like, I was just sitting there and I was just like... Yeah, so they were like, just get in the bath, get in the bath. So I got in the bath again. I got in the bath twice. And got out of the bath. Because I was losing my mucus plug as well at the same time. And it was just... Oh, it was a mess. It was a mess. So I got out of the bath. I was... In agony in the bath as well, and I didn't really have much room in the bath to kind of position it's myself. So small. Yeah, the bath in the pre labor, what's it called the antenatal ward, was not great. Like it wasn't big enough. It was just a regular bath. Yeah, it needed to be. Which, like when you're, you know, nearly forty two weeks pregnant, you're waiting to pop. Yeah, exactly. You need a bit of room. Yeah, but anyway, I went back then and. I was waiting because the midwife had said to me, just give yourself another half hour and then we'll see if we can get any pain relief. So 
at about half twelve then at night, it had been twelve hours since I'd started getting these contractions. And my body twelve hours of getting contractions for a minute every minute and a half. Yeah, to so two you, minutes. You pretty much had in those twelve hours, let's say nearly six hours of contractions. Yeah, it was awful. It was a really, really hard labour for me. Um so the midwife checked me again and I was still two centimeters and I literally wanted to start crying. I think I did start crying. I don't think so. Did I not? No. I wanted to. <laughs> I was... Actually, I no, really I didn't remember. cry. I didn't cry. I, I remember. Because I, I remember then she was like, let me see if I can get you some pain relief. But before she could give me the pain relief, I had to be put on the monitor for half an hour again. Yeah. That's what happened. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, not again. Because she just needed to check that the baby was okay. Yeah. And clear the pethidine with the doctor. And finally, a half one in the morning, after 13 hours of these contractions, they gave me some pain relief. Like, if you'd just been fucking listening to them again. Like, yeah. If the doctor would have taken out the pessary when, when said I said to him, I'm getting contractions right. every two minutes, I probably wouldn't have had an over-contracting uterus for my whole labour. No. So what happened then was, I got the pethidine, and... At this point, Elia's heart rate was starting to get pretty high. Yeah. But it wasn't alarming just yet. They were like, it's fine. We'll just check it again in a couple hours. I was like, okay, that's fine. So, got the pethidine. Was tripping balls with the pethidine. And I managed to close my eyes for half an hour. I didn't even sleep. I was just lying there with my eyes closed. And I could still feel the contractions. But at least they weren't as intense, if that makes sense. Um, I was over the fucking moon. I was like, give me all the pethidine EPIA, shots. Yeah, I got some drugs. <laughs> yeah, literally, I was like, I wanted unmedicated labor. And to be honest, I think I could have done it if my circumstances would have been different. You could have done it if you were just listened to. Like, it was just. Well, I don't know. No... There's, there's no guarantee that if the pethidine would have been taken out then and there. No, my contractions like would have stopped you, or been less you can only assume that if you were listened to earlier you would have you would have had the pessarine for less period of time so it would have had less time to affect your system so I don't know I'm not a doctor but that's what I would assume as well <laughs> I'm not a doctor either but that's just common sense yeah I don't know anyway I then after that went straight back to convulsing and vomiting and having a really friggin tough time it just was not fun at all and at about three o'clock in the morning i asked the midwife to check me again because i just needed to hear that i dilated that's all i needed to hear so she checked me and she was like oh you're three centimeters great we'll move you to the labor ward so they move me to the labour ward, the clear bed, everything's dandy. I am over the moon that I'm being moved to the labour ward. Like, I was yeah. ready to do this again. Um, I get to the labour ward and I'm, you know, walking around, dealing with my contractions the best way I can. I'm on the ground, doing different positions, I'm using the ball, I'm, you know, trying to manage this pain the best I can. Um, 
midwife that I got there was, was very nice. Um, she With curly hair. Yeah. Yeah, she, she was, was really nice. Yeah. But before that, I got another one. Yeah. Oh, the short girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was very funny, actually. Yeah, she, um, she was. She was really trying to help me with positions and, you know, encouraging me that I could do this. And she was great. She was really, really what nice to me. What you needed from a midwife. Yeah, what I need from what I needed in that moment. Um. So when I got to the labor ward, I must have been there for half an hour and they decided they'd check me again because obviously I had been having all of those contractions for all of those hours and they were starting to get concerned about the baby starting to stress out because when there's too many contractions too close together the baby isn't getting a great a break either mm. so it's very easy for them the to yeah. you know go into distress so i got checked again and the girl asked me have, have your waters broken and i said to her i don't think they have and then the other midwife that had brought me in says they have and i said well you know i i didn't notice yeah. and she said oh they definitely broke in the bath and i was like okay and then she's like when i checked you i couldn't feel them i was like okay so she left then she was useless she yeah was like then i got checked again and useless. this is why she was useless i got checked again and i wasn't three centimeters still two. i was still two centimeters and no. my waters had not broken no. <laughs> so i was back where i had been for the whole time and honestly that was the most gotten moment i was heartbroken i you know I said to the midwife, I was like, that I didn't understand how I wouldn't notice that my water's broke. Yeah. You know, because it's a continuous gush. Like, it's not like, like, maybe you wouldn't notice for an hour or two, but eventually you would because it's, it's constantly coming. It doesn't stop. Do you know what I mean? Like, I obviously would have noticed and I was just heartbroken. The midwife said to me, look, we'll draw you a bath in the big bath. This bath was huge. It was what you need when you're in labour. Yeah. Um, and like she said... all the funding yeah, for... One bath. <laughs> yeah. But she was really nice because they could have sent me back and they didn't. They kept me there and I think they kept me there because they, they knew, knew that your other one wasn't doing anything for me. Yeah. They, I think they knew that your one that was in the antenatal ward was just... Didn't have a notion what she was doing. Yeah. So, got in the bath and I got out again because it was just too painful for me to be in the bath it works for some people it didn't work for me yeah. I think I would have preferred a shower I'm a shower person <clears throat> like as much as I love baths when I'm in pain even when I have the flu or anything like that good shower I love getting nice. into the shower for 40 minutes and just 40 minutes. lying there and just being like so, I'm gonna die like so much for like being sustainable oh well, yeah I'm, I'm obviously not gonna be in the shower for 40 minutes but you know what I mean Jeez. a big long shower uh, nothing better for you Nothing better for the environment. Yeah, nothing better for the environment. But uh, anyway, got in the bath, left the bath again. At this stage, I honestly, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was losing my mind. I didn't want to listen to music. I didn't want anyone to talk to me. I didn't want anyone to look at me. I just wanted this baby out of me. So it's a bit of a blur for me from here on out, pretty much. But at some point... I got another shot of pethidine. I think it was at five. No, it was or earlier. Four. It was about half three, four. It wasn't half three because I only got out of the bath at around half three. And then well, I had to be was, cleared it again. Probably between half three and, and four. Four. Yeah. Or half it was, four. I think it was four. It was so, definitely before five. Yeah. 
And yeah. they so brought, then you got that. I got the extra pethidine shot, yeah. which really helped. I mean, as much as it can. And Liam got a lovely yoga mat no, to sleep on. That was for you to do your little... Yeah, but then they said Superhero to you, "Why don't you, poses. why don't you have a lie down on the yoga mat there and have a snooze for yourself?" I was sitting on a really uncomfortable chair. Like, you'd fucking think that they'd at least have a half decent chair in the room for the person that's going to be sitting there, so they're not getting fucking hemorrhoids on the <laughs> hole from you know. sitting there for five hours. <laughs> like, it, I swear to God, it was like a a chair from like prison they may as well have just taken I'm sorry chairs. you weren't their main concern when I was in no, labour no but like you'd, you'd think that I get what you a mean. cushion yeah yeah there was nothing it was a plastic or metal chair and you're sitting there for like five hours or however god long we were sitting there anyway Liam went for a lovely snooze for himself so much so that he was snoring and the midwife came in to me and she's like, oh, I thought you were snoring. And I was like, no, that's him. Yeah, I didn't uh, No way I was going to sleep like that. I didn't have for an hour or so. Anyway, I tied it to my, I managed to control the pain until about six o'clock in the morning. And again, I was at breaking point. I kept saying to myself, one contraction after another. I'll just wait one more and then I'll call her. I'll just wait one more and then I'll call her. I'll just wait one more and then I'll wake up Liam. I'll just wait one more and I'll wake up him and then I'll call her. I just kept talking to myself and I made it to six. I don't know how. I was still getting contractions every minute and a half at this stage. Sometimes every minute. Yeah. They were lasting a minute. And I was honestly, it was awful. Um, But I I did it and then... It's definitely a one out of ten experience on Yelp so far. I then got checked again because I just couldn't. I just could not bear it anymore. And they said I was three centimetres. And I was so disappointed again because, you know, at this stage, I'd been in labour since 12 o'clock the day before. Well, not in labour, but getting contractions at 12 o'clock the day before. And it was just like, how in what? 16 hours have I only dilated two centimetres? 18. Six, 12 to 6 12 and 6 is 18 18 <laughs> hours <laughs> 18 hours guys okay anyway so the doctor came in and she was like I'm going to break your waters now Liam oh, would you like to tell what it was like when I broke god. my wa- when they broke my waters I swear to god I already got sick it was the most revolting thing I've ever seen it's horrible like, this person just, their hand disappeared into a tarpaulin or your nightdress or they, hospital they gown or whatever. Stick. Was, oh, they used a stick. They used, I actually, I'll never forget it. It was like a giant chopstick. Never using chopsticks again. And she just, pop. And yeah. then like, we came to the realisation that Elia had pooed in the womb. She had shat herself from the stress of the contractions. So once they saw that, things got pretty serious after that. Yeah. Uh, It was, you know, another doctor came into the room. I had three midwives and two doctors the whole time after that. Yeah. It was... It was harrowing. It was scary. 
Yeah. It was very scary. Um, and like I haven't like I haven't really thought about it a huge amount since. I Just think because like I know I'm jumping ahead a bit to Ellie being born, like but like that moment just eclipses everything else that happened before it. Oh, a hundred percent. So you don't really you don't really give a fuck about what happened before. You're just happy she's there and you don't think about the rest. So like now thinking back on it pretty much for the first time. Yeah, we haven't had like a full long conversation about it. I think it's healthy for me to talk about it because for me it was quite a hard hard two days. But anyway, uh, Yeah, sorry, I jumped ahead there. They needed to check to see if she had ingested any meconium. Meconium is the first poo that the baby does out of the womb. Or in the womb. (laughs) So they needed to check to see if she had ingested it. And they needed to do that three times. So what they do is they prick the baby in the head. Not they with, stick not another stick. <laughs> they stick another stick up your hoo ha, and they <coughs> prick the baby in the head to see if their blood is pH neutral. So, they did that three times, and thankfully she, she hadn't fine. ingested it. Yeah. But the concern she was a now good baby. she knew not to eat her own crap. Uh, was you know that this had to go on a lot faster than it had yeah you had to ramp up your yeah because the waters were broken there was a lot of stress that had happened on her that was continuous and you know they were kind of like to me pretty much you have until lunchtime kind of thing uh so after that they offered me an epidural which i was very upset about and took because i was so desperate and of course, I got my epidural, and my epidural didn't work. <laughs> yeah, they missed. So then, I was still getting contractions, and everything was fine. And I thought the epidural worked. Not that I, I was like, this is pretty disappointing, you know. Like people say, you can't feel anything after an epidural, and I could still feel, you know, pretty intense contractions, but. In my brain, I'd convinced myself that they were slightly less than what they were before. So the midwife kept asking me, like, can you still feel your contractions? And I was like, yeah, but they're a bit less than before, you know. And I was just trying to, like, pull through, I guess. Uh, And then they saw me moving my legs and everything. And they were like, no, that epidural did not work if you can still move like that. And you're still feeling your contractions. So anesthesiologist comes back in again and he's like confirms that it's not working and he tries again and nothing still didn't work properly i mean at this stage i didn't really have a choice i didn't get out the cocaine yeah literally <laughs> do you have any heroin <laughs> but well, an opiate, so. yeah pethidine is an opiate but anyway i didn't get it again because I don't think you can get it more than twice. No, because it's such a strong opiate. No. The epidural is an opiate. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant the... No. The epidural didn't work the second time either. Yeah, but they didn't know that. They did. Did they? Yeah. Oh. Bec- well, when you left. So at this stage, Liam left because he hadn't eaten. He was wrecked. Midwife said, look, it's not going to happen don't until one or two. So... Lunchtime. So Just this go was about off. nine o'clock. No, half eight. About half eight. Yeah. So yeah, it was half eight. Then my mom comes in, 
and subs Liam and yeah, I went for a walk because my epidural wasn't working 100% or whatever happened with it I don't know I was still able to move around and stuff which was fine and they did another trace on me just to check on Elliot and this is where things got scary so when they did the trace they saw that her heartbeat was dropping really low and then it was going up again and then it was dropping really low and this was going on for the whole trace so you know they started to have a conversation with me about a c-section they were saying look it's looking like you're probably gonna have a c-section you know the baby's really stressed because you've been having these contractions for whatever like 20 hours now at the at that stage and you know they just asked me if i had any body jewelry in and they checked again to see that her ph was normal so i texted liam and i said look it's looking like i'm gonna have to get a section <coughs> um and liam said if you have a section i don't think i can go in oh yeah no so your mom can go in and i said okay that's fine you know i'd rather you be there but if you can't stomach it that's fine as well so like they literally slice you open take out all your guts okay put them onto the table okay what some people don't know this you might just think like oh no it's it's a big big surgery yeah like i i'm fine with a lot of things but to see my partner almost dis disemboweled jesus christ Liam, there's people who have had c-sections yeah. gonna listen to this that's that's fine this is my opinion they're listening to my opinion they clicked on this like you're such an asshole what I anyway don't really want if you to have had that. a c-section well done we admire you Holy crap yeah um so they started taking out my jewelry and they started you know getting me ready pretty much and the midwife said to me, I'll check you one more time. And <laughs> if, you know, you're ready to push, then we'll give you a chance to get this baby out. So the last time that I'd been checked, which I forgot to mention, was after my second epidural. And I was six centimeters, I believe. Yeah. Or five. Five. Or five. Six. Yeah. I don't know. One or the other. Five or six centimeters. And uh, that was grand. I was happy that I was progressing. So they checked me and I was nine centimeters, nearly 10. So they were like, okay, Hi ho, we'll give you five minutes. See if you dilate. We'll check again. Bear in mind. And then if you are 10 centimeters, it's game time. Yeah. So... Liam was still gone at this point, lads. <laughs> so, but this was all in the space of like... 15 minutes. From <coughs> So I left, went to the Jacks, got a bit of fresh air, literally just stood outside, leaning up against the pole for like 10 minutes, just getting air. Then walked to Tesco, got two croissants and a banana and the juice. And then... He got a message saying, come here now. Yeah, I'm ten centimeters. And then I'm ready it was to like push. three missed calls from Joy's mom. Nothing from you. No, I couldn't be on my phone. I yeah. was. I didn't look and at my phone my whole labor. A message from your mom saying, "Get in here now, or you'll miss it." And I was like, "What?" 
oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I was like, sorry, Gab, gotta go. And then Gab is my it. stepdad. And um, Who had met Liam for breakfast. Then I was ringing on the bell and no one had answered. And I was like, let me in. And they were like, what? I was just like, open the door. And they were like, okay. <laughs> so then I legged it up, opened the door into the room. Joy's mom left. I went in. And then within the space of me getting in there, within five minutes, Elliot was born. Elliot was born. She was in her arms. I pushed for four minutes. I think yeah. it was three pushes. Yeah, you'd done one. Before and her head I was came in. No. No? No, I had oh, to. Oh, you were about They'd to. put my legs up. Yeah. And I was about to start because yeah. I had to. You're I didn't have a choice. Yeah. I was ready. Um, and I was so determined to try and get this baby out myself. Um, because I had gone through <coughs> 21 hours of contractions <coughs> every minute. Every two minutes and then every minute. And there was no way... That I wanted that to end in a C-section. I didn't want it to all be for nothing almost, you know? And I know that happens to people and it's incredibly frustrating when it does. Um, Elliot just woke up. Let's go sue the bambino ones. So as I was saying, yeah, I can't imagine how frustrating it would be to get a C-section in that situation. After having gone through labour for that long. Yeah, for those many hours. Um, sorry if you can hear Ellie in the background she's having a moment but anyways we're going to wrap this up quickly because we're already on 42 minutes nearly yeah, but yeah almost. it was my pushing was very easy and I think I needed it to be easy because kind of deserved it I was exhausted I mean like exhausted so after 4 minutes of pushing she was here Yep. And I felt her head when it was coming out when she was crowning. And then I cut her umbilical cord. Yep. And when she came out she wasn't even crying. No. She was just looking around. She was probably like, What the heck? And then they were like rubbing her so she'd cry. Eventually she did start crying a couple of minutes later and then they put her up to my chest and she stopped crying. Yeah. Immediately. So yeah. Immediately. Liam was like scared to touch her almost at the start. Oh, I was, yeah. yeah. She was also covered in shit. Yeah, she was covered in poo. <laughs> but um, Liam dressed her then. Yep. It's funny, her first outfit is covered in poo and yeah. blood stains. We washed it, obviously, but it has <clears> poo <throat> and blood stains. And yeah, that was it, really. She had her first breastfeed. And I had toast that tasted like heaven. I hadn't eaten for nearly a day. Yeah, for hours. Like properly. Mm. And that was it. That's that was her birth story, pretty much. Yeah. Um. Don't know what the next podcast is going to be about. I have a list of things I want to talk about. Just as well, you're organized. You're the host, and I'm the co-host. <laughs> um. And that was it. It's been seven months now since that day, which is hard to believe. Funny enough, Liam actually like joked about her being born on D Day, and she in was... like January. No, it was March. No, it was, it was March. Oh well, whatever it was, it was way it was March. before. Um. Yeah, and she was born on D Day. Funny enough. So that was it. We have a D Day baby. She was the third baby born that day. Yeah. Nine thirty-seven a.m. And 
yeah that was our birth story and i'd love to hear some of your birth stories if you want to share because i always find them interesting and i think one of the next episodes coming up will be on postpartum which i'll do with sarah because she had a c-section so i think it'll be interesting to see what her postpartum was like versus my postpartum and also she doesn't breastfeed and i obviously am breastfeeding so completely different scenarios um so yeah thanks for listening yeah. follow see baby podcast on instagram yep hit us up if you want to be on the podcast or if you have questions or, or... if you have any questions or if you want to just talk to someone hit yeah. us up and we'll see you next week friday bye